don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full grown by now. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. And he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. And by now, I guess you all know, we're the first to return here. Five years, five long years, he's been dormant. And he's hungry. Jason's out there. Watching. Always on the prowl for me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to First Friday. And uh, with me, as always, is Claire. How's it going, Claire? Hello, good. How are you? Doing great. It's um, where we are in Vancouver. It's weird because where I'm at, it's cloudy, but it's really warm. And it's just oh, okay. I went out earlier and I got soaked. It was raining. Yes, yeah, sometimes with Vancouver, the weather can change on a dime. That's why when you're here, you always have to like make sure you have like a rain jacket on you. Even if it looks mm-hmm. like it'll be a good day, I always bring a rain jacket. Even if it seems kind of silly because people be like, why are you bringing that? Like, you're not going to need that. I'm like, oh, I probably will. There will be a mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um Look at those clouds. Yeah, it's very cloudy right now, actually. Yeah. Sad because it was so nice over the weekend. It was. It really was. Mm. Um. And you know what? Maybe a good cloudy day is a good day to talk about Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. Um, so if there's any doubt about part four being the final chapter, I mean, yeah, definitely not. They mm-hmm. <laughs> this one calling it a new beginning, uh, but it's not quite. There's a lot of in some ways it's a continuation of part four and then they sort of add on to it. But a lot of the plot points sort of either go all over the place or there's just some weird choices made. This is definitely the weirdest. One of the, well, I would say not the weirdest because there's definitely weirder, but there's one of the weirder Friday the 13th films uh, because main, main spoiler of this is Jason's not even in this movie, technically. No, he's not even in it. There's apparitions of Jason. There's mentions of Jason, but no Jason. Instead, it's... Uh, Roy, the ambulance driver, um, he's so random, so unexpected. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, it's sort of. Uh, I always laugh because anytime they unmask him, it always seems like a Scooby Doo episode or something. Like that. It does. <laughs> it does. Where his face is coming out of the mask, and like, <laughs> oh darn, it's that darn ambulance driver. Um, oh Roy. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, let's get into the plot summary of part five. And I mean, I know these movies aren't going to win any Oscars for screenwriting, but when I say plot for part five, it's a real loose stretch. I mean, there's mm-hmm. uh, not 
that much of a plot in this. But uh, essentially, the movie opens with Tommy, who's now oddly, he, I don't know what age he's supposed to be in this. Um, oh, so yeah. Uh, basically, I was you know before we had a quick little hiccup there. Uh, I was just saying, you, there's no. It doesn't make any sense how old Tommy is in this because he looks like he's almost pushing 30. But he does. They how make... old was the actor, actually? Do we know? Uh, I think he was like in his late 20s at the time. Mm-hmm. 20, 27, 28, something like that. Um, but it, like the way they just like it's set in like 1980, like 1985 or something like that, like or 1990, mm-hmm. something like that. So. I don't know. It just it really is weird because it just doesn't make any sense. He he definitely looks a lot older than I think he's supposed to be. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and he shows up at the Pinehurst uh, Center for Rehabilitation, and they quickly establish that there's some people there who uh, are you know, I, don't, I guess like patients there is probably the best word. But it's weird because like some of them seem like they have rational reasons to be there, and other people don't like. Um, Joey seems like, yeah, he maybe would have some issues, you know, readjusting to society. And, um, Vic, the guy with the axe, he's definitely, he's in there for, he probably should be actually somewhere else, realistically, but, uh. Oh, yeah, he shouldn't be holding an axe anyway. Who let him do that? Yeah, they were very free-spirited at Pinehurst. Mm -hmm. You know what, we'll give you this axe, just don't, under any circumstances, kill anyone with it. He's like, yeah, I won't do that. Um. (laughs) But then there's like some girl, like there's a punk girl there, and I think they're like supposed to imply like, oh, she's punk, so that's why she's in here. And I'm like, really? Like, mm, she seems completely fine. Yeah. And then there was the nymphomaniacs. So, or not nympho, no, not nymphomaniacs. They, they were basically they were the, sex addicts. A couple. Oh yeah. 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 They're, and I'm like, well, I guess I mean maybe I don't even know if they were addicted to it. I think they were just really, like. I think they just really like sex. <laughs> I think they were just young teenagers doing it in other people's gardens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's, and that's sort of it. And then um, that's sort of the introduction. And then um, Joey gets killed by Vic over a chocolate bar. Which is just very strange. You can tell that this movie was written and directed by somebody who worked in porn because the dialogue in this is almost porn level uh, in terms of the quality of the dialogue. Uh, anytime Joey's like talking to Vic, I always just roll my eyes because it's just so bad. It's it's really cheesy. Um, he was being very annoying. He didn't deserve to be hacked up. But... N- no. Part of me was no. like, if somebody was like, if somebody put down that chocolate bar, I would have just taken it, put it aside, continue on playing axe cutting. But I Casual. do like how aggressively he cuts that chocolate bar. Like, he's just like, no, I don't want no. this chocolate bar. He really didn't want chocolate. No. Um, mm. Gets uh, taken away, and uh, that's sort of when the kills start happening. Uh, this is back when the studio started to get a little bit more involved with the movies uh, and they had a mandate where every certain number of minutes there had to be a kill. So if you're watching this movie, you'll notice the kills actually are a little bit more better paced than they are in the other films because the studio basically said, 
we need to kill every X number of minutes. Uh, I forget the exact time link, but it's def there's certain there's definitely like a certain amount of time before you get the next kill. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, uh, a lot of people who get introduced and almost immediately killed. There's the the two guys that have the car. There's the couple that meet at the diner there, uh, where the woman inexplicably just takes out her breast and just you know <laughs> for who for what. Uh, that, that, that scene always seems weird to me. Um, and then, yeah, eventually, uh, you know, Tommy kind of gets a little more aggressive and you start to think maybe Tommy is the killer until mm -hmm. it's revealed that no, it's not Jason, it's Roy, but in a very similar looking Jason outfit, uh, Jesse, the, you could tell that after part four, they were thinking we have to have a kid in these movies now. Like you have mm -hmm. to, have, you know, they realized it worked in part four. I don't think, oh no, Reggie is his name. I don't think Reggie works that well in this. If anything, he kind of gets a little annoying in this. Um, he does. And yeah, so eventually, yeah, it's Reggie and Pam and Tommy. They, uh, you know, take on Roy, Roy Jason and, um, take him out and you think everything's all well and good up until the point where uh tommy who for most you know you think maybe he's crazy and then he comes through in the end and then at the end it's like no he kind of is a little crazy because he attacks pam but that's all we see and that's that's the plot of part five it really is probably the weakest movie in terms of plots because uh, yeah it wasn't great no uh, and again, these movies are not very well known for the plot, but if you compare part four or part six to part five, like they seem like Oscar winners in comparison. Like there's just so much well done in comparison to this. Um, oh yeah. I feel like they should be getting better as they go on. I don't really know what happened with this one. Yeah. They, they brought in a porn director kind of threw things off. Yeah. And the, um, Frank Mancuso Jr. Who, he started as a personal assistant on part two and quickly rose the ranks and became sort of like an executive producer uh, or producer for the series over time. He took a step back during part five. And I think without his direction, things kind of got a little bit off out of hand. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so there's that. There's also too, just a lot of, just a, like a, just a lot of weird choices you know, actors in this, like especially the actresses say that they were not cast based on their acting experience, but rather their breast size, stuff like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Imagine not trying to fly today. Oh, it Only. not at all fly no. today. Um, <laughs> but there are, you know, when we, we talk about what works. There are some things that I do like about this. Um, I do like the mystery of Roy. I, and funny enough, I actually think it's better than part one because in part one, you get introduced to, um, what's her name? Uh, Pamela there. And mm -hmm. you instantly find out that she is the killer. Whereas with this one, you get introduced to Roy. You don't even know his relation to Joey. Um, and you know, he kind of gives a bit of a sinister stare and you think maybe he is, uh, and then you get introduced to like a few other red herrings. Like there's the homeless guy who goes to help junior and his mother clean the chicken pens. 
and you think, mm-hmm. well, he's a drifter in town. Maybe it's him. Uh, and then, of course, you can't discount Jason, who's come back to, from the dead a few times. So the, you, you don't you get introduced to Roy, but you also sort of think it could not be him. Like it could be somebody else. Um, uh, yeah, I enjoy that too. I mean, as stupid as it as it was that it was Roy, I did appreciate the kind of twist ending. It it was a complete surprise, and yeah, yeah you I mean you recognize him? He was that random paramedic. Yeah. Uh, he was Joey's dad, but I just spent the whole movie going between, oh, well, now it's Tommy, and then now it's Jason, and trying to figure out who was where and who it might be. So, yeah, really shocked when it was actually Roy in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do like that. I do like there's sort of this mystery as to who mm-hmm. it may be. Um, and, I, again, I think it's handled slightly better than it is in the first film. There's a bit more of a... It's not just, here's a character, oh, by the way, this is the killer. It's, here's this character, plus a few others, maybe it might be them, and then they reveal the the killer. And I, So I think that works better. Um, I do like some of the kills in this. Um, the one where the guy gets the belt uh, over his eyes, and it gets tightened around his head. I like, yeah. that. I like that. Um, yeah, that stuff is... is kind of nice in a way because it's sort of it's very sort of raw and intense and uh, it just works really well for this um mm, there's some very creative kills in it which is which is interesting if this is roy that's just kind of had a mental breakdown that he's just all of a sudden doing this i'd expect it from jason but yeah not from roy. yeah and the thing is too is a lot of these sort of movies you know I think at a certain point, you know, the, the kills get a little, become more of the main event. Like part four, I think is where that starts to be the case where they realized that people were coming there to see the kills. And that was mm-hmm. a part of the main attraction. So even in part five here, it's sort of like, Hey, how can we top this? How can we make things more interesting for the viewer? Um, you know, Roy uses quite a few different weapons. He uses the garden shears at a certain point. Um, you know, he's got quite a few weapons that he uses. So it was, you know, in that way, it was interesting. And there was plenty of kills. They were more spaced out. So I felt like in that sense, I was being more entertained. Um, yeah. What about you? What worked for you? Hello? All right. So we're back. Um, (laughs) the recording just doesn't want to be kind today. Um, I know. But Claire, what worked for you in this? I, not a lot, but. I I I did like the surprise at the end. I also like that we kind of follow up with Tommy. I like that he was still in it. We see him again. I'm mm-hmm. um, sad that he's obviously really traumatized about what happened earlier, but um I mean I like that we're continuing on with the story. I kept expecting the is her name Pam? Yeah. The yeah, I kept expecting her to be secretly Trish, Tommy's sister. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. I just thought that was going to be her. So sad that it wasn't her. I mean... Uh, that w- that would have been a nice plot point, actually, if they did that. It is weird that, you know, for most of part four, it's Tommy protecting Trish, and then she doesn't appear in this at all. Mm, at all. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would have been nice if she would have gone on and she was helping people get over their trauma and then she kind of gets Tommy 
into this place where she's working but no yeah i mm. um, the kills as well were were really good really creative mm -hmm. there were a lot of them as well obviously some characters were put in it just to be killed off um but the way yeah. they were done was creative a lot of them you didn't see it kind of cut out too early mm. um but the ones you did see were were good as well yeah yeah That's the, the one my main positive thing about this movie at least is that there's more consistent kind of kills throughout this you know if you're watching this from start to finish you it's sort of like instead of getting one big meal at the end you're sort of peppered all these little snacks throughout and it sort of builds up to it which i kind of prefer more i guess in a way but mm -hmm. it also just doesn't help that the script's pretty awful and <laughs> There was a ton of nudity in this. And part of it I kind of enjoyed on a certain level because it's like that's kind of part of the charm of these movies to some degree. Mm -hmm. But it did get – you could definitely tell they they stepped over the line on quite a bit in terms of going a little bit above and beyond what was really needed for this. Yeah, I mean a lot of women just showing their boobs off for no reason. That kind of waitress in the bathroom just pulls her top up. I mean, um, I assume that just happens every day, right? <laughs> oh, that, that's casual. That's what all our waitresses are doing yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, what uh, didn't work for you? Um, probably that it just felt like a completely random movie. There was obviously no Jason, really. There was an even kind of the crystal lake at all i don't think no pinehurst. i mean we were kind of in the same woods but it was yeah it was pinehurst yeah i guess it's never actually mentioned whether pinehurst is on camp crystal lake or not yeah i imagine it has to be relatively close by because uh roy knew enough about jason to uh mm -hmm. replicate him but also, do it is kind of funny because later in the movie, when they're going through Roy's stuff, they find a newspaper that has a very clear image of Jason, and I'm like, who got that? Like, <laughs> yeah, actually, who, who got that close to Jason? And got a picture and survived. That's impressive. <laughs> I can't be. Yeah, did they just weird. find a camera, develop the film, and there's lots of Jason on it? Yeah. But who's that close to him and taking pictures instead of running for their lives? That's true. Yeah. So that was. That was um. Yeah, it was just a completely random movie. Obviously, the script wasn't great. The characters weren't great either. I'm not one of my favorites so far overall, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this one is kind of a sleazy, weird movie. It's fun mm -hmm. in some ways, and I kind of appreciate it in some ways, but... It's also just kind of a tough one to watch. Like, I um, I was talking about how the Rio here in Vancouver shows Friday the Thirteenth movies. They showed this one at a you know screening on Friday the Thirteenth once, and it was funny because a lot of people were ended up laughing because it's and it's not a funny movie inherently. It's a funny movie in that it's so bad that you start to mm. laugh at it and. Um, the one thing, the the rule that the producers of this franchise have always had is that you don't, Jason is not a joke. He doesn't get laughed at. He doesn't, you know, Jason should always be serious. And I think that works. I mean, all the characters that are like at the camp, they can be joking around and have a good time, but never Jason. Jason is always to be kept serious. 
Um, mm-hmm. But this is probably the the closest it gets to Jason, well, Roy-ish being a joke. Uh, it, it doesn't quite work. Like, it almost feels weird that you're laughing at a movie like this because it doesn't it shouldn't be that way you should be you know enjoying it legitimately and not just as a you know this is so bad it's good way mm-hmm. yeah no there are definitely some parts where it's so bad all you can kind of do is laugh at it a lot of the nudity kind of scenes maybe as well because you're just like why is this even here yeah what am i supposed to do with this i was actually surprised they didn't get pam naked like in this because pretty much yeah. most other female characters in this get naked except mm-hmm. for junior's mom and pam oh and i guess oh yeah. i wouldn't like to see junior's mom naked i'm glad we didn't see that yeah that, that was a saving grace of this movie yeah <laughs> um pam does kind of run through the woods raining like wet t-shirt she looks great yeah although if you notice in that she randomly has a pink sweater that it's on or off her at different points so she'll be oh. running at one point she'll have a pink sweater on and then you see her running later and she doesn't have the pink sweater it's just it never adds up so oh whatever, god yeah she got too hot she had to take it off <laughs> so uh what did i not like about this i mean there's a lot mm. i yeah. don't really like many of the characters in this um mm-hmm. Tommy, I guess, is your main character, but I never really like him in this. And he's so quiet in this. Um, like, he doesn't say much. And I think that kind of gets a little annoying. I don't expect him to be, like, joking around. Like, I guess he would have still been traumatized from what happened. But the fact that he doesn't say anything never really makes sense to me. Because it just seems like it's more just like a waste. Like, why is he not talking? Like, why aren't we getting mm-hmm. some something from tommy like if he's your main character he should be t- you know contributing at least somewhat to the dialogue but he never does he's just you know he has people talking to him and he'll occasionally grunt and growl or whatever but he doesn't talk much in this so no not a great main character no uh he gets better in part six and he is pretty good in part four so mm-hmm. it, 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 you know it's really more the movie than the character itself but yeah um i do i don't mind some of the sleaze but it definitely gets over overdone in parts um like yeah when the woman's just in the bathroom and just goes it's showtime and you're like (laughs) that really was like who's that even for like your boyfriend's in the car like no one no no one's there to appreciate it just Mm. it doesn't make any sense and just trying to hype herself up i guess i Yes. Mm. She's definitely weird. She's no Vicky from part two. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, what else? This movie definitely sort of has like a cheap sort of feeling to it. Um, these movies are never made for huge budgets, but this one just doesn't feel very like it's not like the move. The money is put to great use. Part six, which comes after this, definitely feels feels like it's using its budget better than this movie is mm-hmm. so this movie just seems like it's yeah, it's just cheaply made so it just seems like a cheap random film yeah yeah um so yeah. and yeah characters aren't great no well, we don't uh, even get to know a lot of them very well no 
Um, what was your favorite kill in this? Favorite kill. There were quite a lot of good ones. We were talking about the guy strapped to the tree. That was yeah. great. Reggie's brother on the toilet was great as well while he was singing. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, actually. Maybe that one. Yeah, that one is good. Um, mm -hmm. Also, cue the, oh, it's those damn enchiladas. And you're like... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he was a good character. Yeah. I always like that line. I sometimes will just say that <laughs> and people will just go like, what? <laughs> like, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, favorite kill in this? I mean, I do really like the Joey, even though it's not by Jason per se or Roy, mm -hmm. but it's, um, I do like that because you sort of see the aftermath of it and then it's like, oh boy. Um, but I guess, and I guess that's what set everything off, really, is Joey's kill. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like, because that one's probably the best one, but it's not by Jason, so I feel like I or Roy I keep saying, even I keep saying Jason. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's when Junior is driving around on the motorcycle and he's just furious because uh, Tommy punched him. And all you hear is the, and then you just see his head hit the ground. I was like, that one, that one gets me. And then of course, um, Junior's mom. Um, Junior's mom was good, actually. Her head fell in like a big pot of stew or something. Whatever she, she was making. She grips that tomato too. Yeah, whatever. Oh yeah. Whatever food they were making did not look appetizing. Oh no. Sure. Um, um she, they were awful characters in general. Did not like them. Yeah. No, definitely they were they were very weird. <laughs> Not well written characters. It's probably the, ni no. the the nicest thing you can say. Mm. Um, did you have a favorite character in this? Uh, not really. Definitely not Tommy. No. I mean, maybe Pam. Maybe Reggie's brother. Yeah. There's no one else that's kind of even. I, I mean, I can't think of anyone that's developed enough or strong enough to even be a favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. I guess slim pickings for this one. I guess I would probably go with Pam. Yeah. Because Pam, you know, in a way, I almost don't think she's going to be the final girl. Because... There's all these other younger girls who are here. Like, she seems more like... Like, she's working, basically. She's not, you know, a part of it or anything. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, she slowly sort of, you know, gets to be a little bit more involved with what's going on. But also, interestingly, too, they never make her a love interest for Tommy. Because I sometimes think, well, maybe they would go that route. Like, maybe they would have her kiss Tommy at one point in the movie, but they never do. Uh, no they keep things very professional i don't know I, I think pam's a character that probably is in a, a different movie <laughs> uh it's at least what it feels like sometimes but um she seems almost like a mom figure more than a like sexy final girl yeah yeah so, i don't know and that's unfortunately unfortunate because tommy uh 
doesn't want doesn't like her the same way, I guess. So. Um, no, she doesn't want to end up well in the end. I guess we don't know does he kill her, but it's definitely implied. I would like to think. I guess, like my question is, what do you think? Do you think she she died, or do you think she's still alive? Mm, I mean, I don't know. Having seen the next one, she's obviously not in it, and there's a kind of a weird jump. Yeah. So, I kind of think no. Maybe she didn't die, though. I don't know if Tommy would do that. Yeah. So, the thing with this movie was that um, they wanted to bring back the actor who played Tommy uh mm-hmm. tar um forget the actor's name but the they wanted to bring back the actor that played tommy and he didn't want to he was at a crossroads in his career he didn't know if he wanted to do acting or not so he ultimately said no and they were going to proceed with part six but then uh the actress who played pam and the actor who played reggie were set to return but paramount decided that because uh john shepherd that was his name because john shepherd wasn't returning to the role that they didn't want to confuse people by having a new actor play Tommy Jarvis with these old actors playing mm-hmm. Reggie and Pam, which in a way makes sense because mm-hmm. it would just confuse people. I think people would have gotten over it eventually, but that's that's what we got. I mean, all of them are a bit confusing and jump and yeah. have random plot holes. So, so Pam wasn't dead then. Interesting. Yeah. Because I guess if if you're following the story, she was set to return in this. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I think it's time to give this a rating. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not going to rate it very high. I think this might be my least favorite so far. Okay. Um... I think I'm going to give it... Mm, I'll give it like a 4 out of 10. Okay. Shaddies. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I'm a little more generous with this. Uh, mainly because I... In, in my opinion, at least, the movies get far worse. <laughs> so maybe... Oh, God. <laughs> some of them get really bad. But you know what? This one I, I, this one I don't mind. It's not good, but... I don't think it's utterly terrible either. I think for me, it's around a seven out of 10. There's a lot of issues, but this is probably for me, one of the more entertaining movies because there is a good amount of kills. Like there's a good, good consistency to the kills. It never feels boring or it never feels tiring. It feels like everything's moving along at a good pace, which for me is pretty important. You know, I don't ever want to feel like the movie's dragging. Uh, mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It moves pretty far along. So, uh, is it the best in the franchise? No. Uh, but I think there are movies that have more difficulties pacing out the kills and keeping your interest throughout. This does a relatively decent job. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some some potentially dark days ahead for us in this. Franchise. I can't believe they got weirder than this one. Oh yeah, they get they get pretty weird. Uh, but even oh. when they get weird, I don't mind weird as long as it's interesting. As long as it keeps, yeah. me, keeps me engaged, that's what counts. And this one relatively keeps my interest, even if, again, mm-hmm. it's not well done. Um, so, yeah. Uh, com is where you can find more episodes of First Friday and more episodes on the Three Ingrid Network, like 
Thuringer Nerds and Gamers and Tremble, the horror movie podcast. We've got a lot going on there. Uh, until next time where we talk about part six. Bye for now.